and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. The book Dear Hong Kong is the result of a two-year project to talk to and photograph a whole bunch of people representing different nationalities of Hong Kong. Spaniard Oscar Vajes teamed up with a local friend, Aggie Lam, to create a unique photo book that celebrates the city's cultural diversity. They pulled in a team including Bradley Aaron, the head photographer, to help them create a different kind of book about Hong Kong, one where they wanted to find the best person that each country represented here had to offer, and also to create a social project to bridge the gap between local and foreign communities in Hong Kong. In this week's programme, I talked to Oscar about his vision in creating the book Dear Hong Kong, which features people who live here but are from all over the world. The team of photographers were keen to capture these people in a way that showed their natural environment. One, for example, was taken in a cave. There's a magician from Brazil, a violinist from Vietnam, a missionary who is chief of the Samoan community and lives the simple life in Yunlong. Dear Hong Kong is a book, but it's also, as Oscar explains, an ongoing project to discover the cultural perspectives of foreigners who've become Hong Kongers in their own right, but also to see just how diverse Hong Kong is and how many cultures are represented in our city. During the programme, I also talk with a photographer from Ukraine, a singer from South Africa and the Samoan missionary. Well, my name is Oscar Valles and I'm from Spain. I came to, to Hong Kong uh, 10 years ago. I was working for a corporate. I was uh, I had a pretty standard kind of uh, finance job. And with the time, I started to fall in love with the city in a way. And, and at some point in time, I decided I wanted to do more meaningful things. And I had this idea about... Uh, you know the the whole diversity of uh, of Hong Kong being one of the most multicultural places I've ever been in, and having this curiosity of uh, you know knowing more about the lives of uh, of different people that live around us, but we normally don't have the chance to to talk to, and also to share these stories with uh, with the rest of the population in Hong Kong with this this idea of trying to make society a little bit better by building bridges between people. So uh, having been in Hong Kong as an expat, I could feel that uh, there was a disconnect between the local community and the international community. And this idea of uh, Dear Hong Kong would, uh, would help to, to satisfy my personal curiosity, but also to hopefully to bring some message of, of tolerance in the, in the city and, the, and common understanding of the different communities. So that's how the whole thing started. I had the idea many years ago, but I, I didn't have time to, to put it into practice. I didn't have a background in, in anything related to the book, like uh, in photography or journalism or writing or anything. But then I got surrounded by, by a lot of people that, uh, that helped uh, me. So I started uh, with, a, with a local girl, Eggy, who is, uh, is not into writing, is not into journalism either but also shares this uh, curiosity about uh, different people in Hong Kong. So we started uh, asking people, asking volunteers to join, and we ended up uh, with this uh, project uh, with more than 50 volunteers. 
Oh, wow. Um, Quite a crew. A lot of photographers. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, and a lot of photographers. I remember the first time that I talked to, to Bradley, who became the main photographer in the movie. And I asked him, like, okay, do you want to do the job you normally do? I love your pictures, but do you want to do it for free for, for like a good purpose? And he said, yes, yes, I'm in. And then that uh, helped us to bring more credibility to the project. We started uh, writing stories and doing the interviews. And we ended up talking to 100, more than 100 people. And hopefully we're planning to to do a second volume with the rest of the people. Because the, the main idea is to get the, all of the nationalities in the world, or at least the ones that are represented in Hong Kong, and yes, share the I, stories of the, the most inspiring person from every one of the countries. I read on your book that, that uh, you estimate that there's about 150 different nationalities in more this or city. less more or yes. less we don't know we really yeah. don't know that's our <laughs> that's our estimate but we really don't know we're going to find out it's a it's a lovely book dear hong kong you look through and there, as you say that there's this real multinational element about it and but at the same time this warm community aspect so it, it's uh, you, as you said you had this crew of people including photographers who create yes. but what i what i enjoyed was that there, there's been a lot of time taken with this the the interviews themselves really uh, draw out the essence of these different people but it's also the photographs are very much in their own settings what I enjoyed yeah. was that you've got a lot of like you've got uh, this Samoan layman priest um, and he's he's got you know lots of guys in Samoan dress behind him. I don't know where that was shot. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yes, well that that was shot in Jun Long actually. So that's ah. where he lives in Jun Long. So he's just like a very local guy from there. And actually the the fellow Samoans are from the from Disney. So it's the and that's ah. how they have this. They work for Disney and they have a big community in in Hong Kong that they, we didn't know we didn't know of Malama. It's my first name and Pilia is my family name. But in Hong Kong, they all, everybody call me chief. <laughs> so you are a missionary and chief of the Samoan community in Hong Kong? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Can you tell me about setting up uh, Chunking Ministries? Before, before I left Samoa, I, I saw some uh, Indian, uh, Sri Lankan people in Samoa. And that, that just drove me like, wow, I would love to go to that part of the world. And somehow <laughs> I end up in Hong Kong. <laughs> and then every time I walk by Tim Chui, I also see a lot of in, uh, South Asian. So I just have a chat with my uh, my leader at the time. And I said, I really want to set up a trap in center, whatever you call it, in Chongqing. And this was back in 1994. So it started from there. We have a, we rent a small uh, apartment and just meet there and uh, in the word of mouth, people start coming there and uh, try to help out asylum seekers and some of the street sleepers around the Chongqing, the Nepalese young boys and stuff. And then it just, I share with some of the churches in Andrew, the Union Church, and then we would end up set up as a, a charity. Eventually we call uh, Inner City Ministry. So I still function to this day. And you came to Hong Kong uh, with an outreach program in 1983, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Yes, yeah. yeah, just reading here what, what uh, you know the profile says of you in in dear Hong Kong. I think you you believe in in leading a very simple life. Yeah, yeah. I'm from a very simple island, so so I like it. Keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about growing up in Samoa. We grew up in the village, pretty much all of the island in the Pacific are village setting. So, so it's very community-like, you know, like, that's one of the reasons I like living in Yunglong. It's yes. all kind of like family and, you know, so that's how I end up living out here all these years. 
So you live up in yeah. Yunlong. At least it's a bit more rural than the than the city. Yes, actually, most of the Samoan community in Hong Kong they're all in the new church, so like Saigon, Yunlong, Chinsuai, uh, Mawan Island. You know. So when did you when did you become a missionary back in Samoa? Yeah, I I joined a group called Youth with a Mission in uh, back in Samoa. Then I went to to Hawaii do some more training and then. Uh, they sent me to Malaysia and Singapore, and then uh, I end up in Hong Kong. But I really want to go to India, so it's strange. Eh? So. <laughs> have you been? <laughs> have you been to India yet? I have been to India five times. Ah, so you did make it. India really still like fascinates me. Yeah? The culture, the food, the people. Well, at least I can always go get my fix in Chongqing. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Do you miss Samoa? I do. Yeah, I I say Hong Kong is my home now. I just love this city. Yeah. What particular appeals yeah. to you? What did you think about the Dear Hong Kong project? I, I think it's a very very w- w- great idea. When he first when I first approached, I, I just jumped right in. I thought because there are so many 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 different ethnic groups in Hong Kong. So I think this is a good way to some of these stories will come up. Different community, what they're doing in the city. And, and I like to really, we, we often talk about international Asian city or whatever you call it, but I think this book will really emphasize that, that how diverse some of the people that are living in this city call it their home. Yeah. Actually, you're right. Like, uh, it took us a lot of time to, first of all, for the interviews, to, to go to a quiet place and to, to spend time like without uh, asking so many questions, but just having uh, creating a conversation with, uh, with uh, our interviewees, trying to find out more about uh, the philosophy of life, uh, some, something more intimate than, than usual. Yes. And then we will try to figure out where we would have uh, them uh, photographed. So we would ask them, we would ask our photographers, based on the interview, we would find a, a suitable place. And sometimes we even had the, the photo shoot and we were not happy with the result and we had to redo it in another occasion. So we, we took a lot of care. <laughs> so we took it as our, as if it was our baby. It took uh, two years yes. to, to make. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it will surprise people. No, not only, as you were saying before, of the diversity of, uh, you know, ages and occupations and everything, but also because of the of the intimacy of the photos and the stories. Hi, I'm Ivana Vivcharek, and I'm um, here in Hong Kong for 20 years already. came from Ukraine. I like photography. It's been my passion for some years. I was lucky to meet Oscar, who is the one of the founders from the Dear Hong Kong. So here I am. Yes, it was interesting. Looking at the uh, photographs that you took and uh, the way, I mean, they're beautiful portrait shots, but not only that, but very interesting. Um, there's one uh, which I absolutely love of a hairdresser or a salon owner up in Saikung, mm-hmm. and she's, she's from Botswana, and, and you have this sort of beautiful chaos going on in this in, the, in this photo. Can you tell me about how you set that up? Yeah, I came to her studio because uh, she's a hairdresser, so we wanted to show basically as much personality in the photos, so how they connect to not just the face, but something that relate to them. So we was playing around and then, <laughs> and then I have this idea of just putting the brushes around the hair hair. <laughs> and it actually was shoot, a shot in the mirror, so it's not was exactly uh, like that. It was, she was just we just playing and uh, we have fun with that because she's a very lovely lady, very 
lively, like very funny and happy. So she was agreed to do that. And it's much easier to take photos when people are, uh, how to say, feel relaxed and fun. So we can show the joy and something like that. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it made me mm -hmm. really smile when I looked at that, that photograph. Mm -hmm. I mean, the hairdresser is, as you say, from Botswana. She's vivacious. She's, um, and uh, there's mm -hmm. a, a lot of fun going on in that photograph. So when you were brought in as a photographer for the project, Dear Hong Kong, what, mm -hmm. was, what was your remit? What, what did they say, you know, in terms of what you were to get across? When I heard about this project, I was uh, actually that day when I was talking to Oscar, about the project at the same day he he found that i'm from ukraine and then he said oh we're looking for the ukrainian representatives and then the same day we met the person that was shoot later in the ukrainian representative so it was uh, how to say and then uh, somehow i i really uh, found this project interesting because diversity in hong kong is um, so amazing i don't know if you can find a whole world in one city to show each personality have their own story we kind of cross each other every day and we don't see what's behind us it's like a people and just a normal you know people passing passing but when you open the book and you read how much interesting story behind here how kind of colorful or like multiple colorful gone is Oh, totally. I mean, as you say, there's the, this world in the city. I like, yeah, it's, it's uh, and uh, you've managed uh, in your photographs and uh, throughout the book, there there is all of these personalities sort of shining through. Mm. I mean, yes, we have mm -hmm. the words alongside, but you've also managed to get that energy into your photos. So are you, uh, in your professional life, are you a portrait photographer? My photography is more like kind of my, not hobby, but as let's say partial like profession partial hobby i don't know how to distinguish but i always like photography i enjoy the photo albums and wherever wherever i visit before uh, anybody's family long time ago, like you know i just get into the photo albums enjoying them and that was like something i i will ask do you have photo album if it's okay to see <laughs> so that but i don't have photographers in my home so i quite get to the photography quite late but at the moment, I'm quite, um, how to say, do much more than I uh, at the beginning I was doing. So this project also helped me to connect to people, to see the different. We also met, I met other photographers who is a very like professional photographer, portrait photographer. So I'm learning from them. And also it's kind of exchange and, you know, sharing the same passion. So it's very nice to... Um, you learn from each other, you share, you have fun and joy. We have one uh, photo shoot. It was, uh, I wasn't photographer there. Bradley was photographer there. He's like one of the main photographers. And we put, uh, we bring, uh, I think Oscar invite five people to take shots together. And they was from very different religious background. I was very, <laughs> I have very unique feeling that day because, you know, like people are from different religious but they all friends and talking and sharing. I've, I found this was very fascinating, like, you know, to see that we all the same. We, you know, we have a different maybe color, we have different stories, but at the same time, we all united, you know, in the same city, we looking for, I don't know, dreams. Were you looking for your dream when you came to Hong Kong 20 years ago? I still looking for my dreams, <laughs> always. <laughs> Every day is, is a new day. 
Yes, definitely. I mean, you've got Elna Hadjiev, who's an atomic and laser physics expert from Azerbaijan. You've then got, <laughs> yes. um, in completely different from the United Kingdom, you've got writer, actor, world traveller, and this is one of the ones that I did recognise, and that's the owner of Blacksmith Books Publishing Company, Pete Spurrier. Yes, yes. And uh, what, what I like about this photo of Pete Spurrier is it takes place in a cave and uh, as part of the story that he's saying about his life he was that uh, he said I've lived without much burden once while in Greece I lived in a cave for three months with two other guys and a lot of spiders we worked picking oranges yes. <laughs> on a farm nearby it was one of the best moments of my life well I like the picking oranges I don't mind living in a cave but I'm not sure about the spiders necessarily but and you've also got in here as a wonderful Hong Konger Lance Lau age 11 who is the he's really been working so hard in terms of trying to improve our environmental future and anti-global warming but um, tell me about uh, how you managed to gather all of these different people we started with our networks and we, we started asking people like if I know somebody from a particular country I ask them like okay what is the most inspiring person you know from this country sometimes uh, they want to volunteer they want to to share the story sometimes they suggest somebody else and if uh, if two different people suggest the same person in our networks then we know into something then we, we try to interview that person. We try to do some research. But you know, Hong Kong is quite a small place. So just uh, tapping into our networks and asking around, we were able to, to find the, the suitable people. Like in this case, you were mentioning Lance Lau, the, the Hong Konger 11-year-old. He was the, the son of a, of, a friend, of a friend. And uh, suddenly I met him in a in a gathering and he, I, I, I was so shocked that he was so articulate about what he was uh, saying. Like he, he was an 11 year old kid, but he, he spoke like an adult with so many meaningful things. So I thought like, okay, if there has to be somebody that is uh, representing Hong Kong, that must be him because it's like, uh, it's like the promise for the future of, uh, of our city. Now, in terms of, you know, Dear Hong Kong, what was, the, what was the idea of the book? Was it that it starts a conversation, that people admire lovely photographs? Well, actually, the, the whole purpose of the, of the book is a social purpose. So what we want, what we really want is to, to bring this book to, to schools and to, to bring this awareness into the, the population in Hong Kong that they may not even speak English or, or speak English on a regular basis with, uh, with foreigners. So it's for the for the very local community, and we actually have a team now uh, this summer of Hong Kong University students that are helping us to create this guide that will go with the book and will help uh, educators to bring the book and bring these stories into the school. Maybe not as a part of the fixed curriculum, but uh, maybe as an extracurricular activities and at different levels of understanding of social issues and start conversations with these real people that people can connect with. So we, we hope that, uh, you know, through the stories or uh, through who they represent, they will uh, inspire Hong Kong students to know more and to open up more to the international community because we believe that, uh, you know, talking to people from places different than yours help you grow, help you learn more about the world. And especially these times, like uh, Hong Kong is going through this process of, you know, redefining itself, you know, looking around, like, what is Hong Kong? What makes me a Hong Konger? And, uh, and people are starting to look outside, like, uh, how is it uh, with life in other countries, life of other people? And we want to bring these stories, but with uh, this local touch. And actually, we have at the beginning of the book this, this map 
of you know like landmarks in Hong Kong that relate to people from different places. So very famous institutions like uh, you know the the Star Ferry or uh, HSBC or the Jockey Club. They were started by by people that were not necessarily locals that came to Hong Kong and created something amazing. So that's what we're trying to portray. And and many stories in the book are also like that. It's like uh, people that came from uh, other places. Like for example, the the lady representing the U.S. Phyllis Marwa started a Mother's Choice, which is a yes. charity that is that everybody knows about, but people don't necessarily know that uh, that was created by by somebody from outside, and it's really that doing a really meaningful work in in Hong Kong. I mean, when we look at Hong Kong, of course, it's um, I think the statistic is something like uh, it might be even higher, but ninety seven percent Cantonese. So I mean, it is a very Chinese city, but at the same time, as you mentioned, some of the major contributors to to Hong Kong's mm. foundations in terms of modern Hong Kong. Yes, Paul Chater, Armenian, uh, coming in from Calcutta. You have Modi, who helps also contribute to Hong Kong U. You have people, Eurasians like Robert Ho Tung. So yes, I agree that there is this whole international element that continues. You've also got, I, I thought that was interesting, you, you've got racing jockeys in here. You've also got uh, footballer, yes. you, <laughs> footballers from Kitchi. Yes, uh, actually, is the Spanish representative. So people were asking me, like, oh, you know, so many Spaniards in, in Hong Kong. Why did you choose uh, this one? Because it's like representing uh, Hong Kong in, in the world. And uh, I mean, he became, he has a Hong Kong passport and he is representing Hong Kong in the, as well as uh, Asmal in the, in, the, in the games. So he's representing Hong Kong in like uh, football uh, competitions. So that that's a very uh, it's a very good thing to be proud uh, about. No? Now, one of the uh, just to remark on one of the other people that you've got in here, uh, you've got a, an architect who has actually is it designed six hundred restaurants here. Yes, uh, most of the Maxim Group's uh, restaurants ah. he designed, and uh, and he's super nice. Like uh, with. with uh, Almost all of the people in the book, actually, we became friends. And we go and visit him from time to time to his <laughs> studio and everything. And he invites us for things and everything. Because we were really interested. It was beyond that uh, one hour or two hours oh, interview. Yeah. It was like, okay, we really became interested in his uh, in whatever he's doing. And, yeah, we became friends. And his name? Hernan Sangalini. And he's from, from where? Chile. He's from Chile. Chile, yeah. Yeah, you've got Yuri Volcato, who's a magician, entertainer, and the general manager of the Havana Bar in uh, Lang Fong. You know, and so you've got all of these diverse people. But, yeah, I mean, you've basically interviewed some of them for about a couple of hours and uh, condensed it down to five paragraphs. That takes some doing to, in order to draw out the, the central elements of a person. So these are about 80 interviews. Dear Hong Kong, this is commercially available in Hong Kong. Yes, it's in the in the major bookstores. We have distributed into different uh, small bookstores as well, trying to reach the more the more local population. We also have it available online. So we're we're doing the exhibitions about this book. We have done like five so far, and and we will be doing more to try to bring this message to to the people directly. So trying to do events in shopping malls or in, we have tried to ask the MTR and and also in the in the schools to try to do events to promote and to maybe to invite a couple of uh, of people in the book to every one of the events so that they can share also the rest of their stories.
Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand, darling. In other words, please kiss me. Fill my heart with song. Let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true, my darling. In other words, I love you. I'm Phil D from Johannesburg, South Africa. I'm a singer, entertainer, and uh, I studied a year of computational and applied mathematics at the Wits University a few years ago. And uh, I just finished about a year ago. I just finished music supervision with Berklee College of Music. Uh, soon, I'll be getting into human resources with Salford University. I've done extensive work with Hong Kong Disneyland while here, and I've also done extensive work with other music. Venues, including Ned Kelly's. Who would you say is uh, some of your key inspirations? Oh, key inspirations. It all depends. I do a wide range of work, so it depends on what I'm trying to do. So if it's jazz, then I'll definitely go for Frank Sinatra, Ray Charles, Quincy Jones, you name it. And and then you spread out into the more contemporary. There's Anderson Puck for funk music, Mali music for a bit more inspirational music, R&B. A lot of underground people that are not so mainstream. In terms of Dear Hong Kong, what did you feel about being profiled? That was amazing. That was such a great opportunity for me to have a magazine, a whole book in my house, and I'm just a few pages from the founder of Lang Kwai Fong. That just blew my mind to be in the same same book with people like that. The photo shoot was a, an amazing opportunity to meet up with Roy, who is a, a thriving South African photographer in Hong Kong. So it's been nice to to work with bodies like Dear Hong Kong that link you up with other ins- inspiring and aspiring people in Hong Kong. It's so it's so much fun. How long have you been in Hong Kong? Uh, almost seven years. Uh, seven years coming up in November. You you said you you like Quincy Jones. You like Frank Sinatra. When you choose one of their songs or one that's uh, been performed and well known, do you make it your own? Do you make it Phil D? I make it my own with a few riffs and runs here and there. But then I think over the years, listening to the songs and performing them and seeing how people react, I've sort of picked out what that nostalgic element is. What's that thing that makes the song what it is? And I, I play on that. So that becomes the center of the song. And then I can add whatever else I want to add that becomes a Phil D touch. Yeah. How do you feel when you're performing? Ah, electric. I'll tell you what, a few days ago, I performed at Pill Fresco for the first time in a very long time, and I sang Superstition, Stevie Wonder. Man, I got off the stage and I I just kept shaking my hands, just, you know, when you're, it's like when you're a kid and you got hit in the hand by by your teacher because you were naughty in class, (laughs) and then you shake your hand like that, that was me. That was me a few days ago because I felt it's so electric. It's such an electric feeling. You go somewhere. I go somewhere when I do that. And my favorite part is to go somewhere and then close my eyes when I open them, see other people also go there with me. It's 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 a state of euphoria, I guess, for a lack of a, a, a better word. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And Superstition is a wonderful song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Superstition and Higher Ground.
my favorites. Have you got a song for us tonight? Yes, I do. Just sit back, relax, and <laughs> listen to Tony Benet's version of Just the Way You Look Tonight. Mm-hmm. 